Welcome to another episode of I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. My host, as always, Chip Chantry. Hey, Ken. I'm Chip Chantry. You're Ken Krantz. <laughs> we do that. We fuck this up every week. We have a guest this week. We have an amazing comedian, Adrian Appalucci. Yes, I put hi. the question mark. Is it Appalucci or Iapalucci? Um, I say Appalucci, but I don't think I say my name right. I've had I don't think Italian. you do either. I've corrected yeah. people. For I've had real Italians say that it's with like a Y, like Iapalucci or something. I'm, I don't know. So I say my own name wrong, but. Do you know Chip? I know the I. Do you, or do you know, have you met Chip? You ever worked no, with Chip? No, it's my first time. I'm good friends yeah, with, thanks for... with Pat House, so he has a lot of nice stuff to say about you. I don't I don't know who that is. No? I don't. I don't I, no comment. No comment whatsoever. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know your personality at all, so I have no idea if this is genuine and you hate oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, no it's, I, it's, it's, mostly gen, it's mostly genuine. No, uh, Pat. Uh, Pat's my former roommate. We came up together. Yeah, he's Pat's oh, okay. the best. And uh, I think we'll be a, a, a guest very soon on, on the podcast as well. Nice. I think we're having him next week. Yeah, Adrian is uh, Adrian is an amazing. You're you were one of my, I tell you this all the time. You're one of my all time favorite joke writers. Well, you say favorite female joke writer. I do not say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> That'd be funny. He um, referred to you as a joke writress the other day, and I was like, I don't think that's the, that correct term. That's I mean, nice. I'm up, I'm open to anything at this point. So we are. I know that we have you just for a little bit of time, but we're excited to have you. And um, this week, we are discussing Millie Vanilli. And I've had that song in my head for the last two, three days. Like, I woke up from a dream and then had that song in my head. I know. You to thank. Yeah. Yeah. These episodes take, it's like, you. it's almost like writing a term paper every week. Like, they require a lot of research. And I have immersed myself in Millie Vanilli, and it's fucking awful. I've had know. I've had the songs in my head for for two weeks. What also. was their other big song? So they blame it on the rain. Is that the one you had, or yeah? And then, girl, you know it's true. Oh, that was then. That's actually girl, a better song than true. that. Now it makes sense that they were famous because that rain song was dumb. <laughs> It's yeah. I mean, it it it, it makes no sense. Uh, by the way, and I never could tell what he was saying in the chorus. Well, he wasn't saying anything, but what the singer was saying in the chorus when he's like, "Blame it on the rain." That was something fallen. You know, there's something fallen. I, I I looked it up today, and he just says "falling" twice for no reason. It, it just I don't makes me see no what sense I thought it was. Blame it on the rain. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea what they were saying. My words are yeah. never right. So on the surface, everybody. Everybody our age kind of remembers Millie Vanilli. They were right. they were huge for a year or two, and then it it was exposed. Like everyone, I think knows the surface story that they were exposed for lip syncing. We we came to find out they weren't even singing on their own albums, 
and it was who cares. Do you know what I mean? Like, who really cares? You ever listen to an like somebody on SNL? I mean, usually they're not singing either, or like live, and people sound terrible. It's like I'd rather you just lip sync. <laughs> I did sort of come away with it, like, by by the end, uh, maybe we're fast-forwarding a bit, but, like, by the end, people were filing class action suits against them because they were yeah. so devastated that, like, the people that sang the dumb pop song didn't look like what they thought they were. That's like, like suing would... the carnival. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Knock it off. Knock well, it there was, off. There was another case like that, too, where... I think it was that Marky Mark song or CC Peniston. Like somebody was singing, and yeah. then they had this other lady in the video. Yes, who's like thin and hot. Millie Vanilli oh. exposed all this, actually. Yeah, and they they really got to the bottom of it. And I think that was one of them was CNC Music Factory. It was CNC Maybe. Music Maybe. Factory, Maybe. and it was Black Box, and they were both using the same lady. Uh, Martha Wash from the Weather Lady. Was that the name of the band? The, the Weather Girls? It, the Weather, the weather Girls. Remember, it's Raining, it's raining Men. Men. Adrian? So it seems like, yeah, I remember that song, It's Raining Men. A lot of stuff to do with rain. <laughs> they, they... Yeah, a lot of precipitation singing back then. A lot of, a lot of weather talk. A lot of fake songs around, around rain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fake rain songs were huge in the early 90s and late 80s. I don't know how this podcast works. Do you just tell me the story or do I ask you questions? Like, were they at least gay lovers? They were not. They were. Um... That's sad. <laughs> well... The one with the really pretty eyes, if they were gay, I would want him to fuck me face to face so I could see his nice eyes. It's, it's all in the eyes. It's all about the contact. Is... Am I not allowed to say this stuff on here? You can say this. Yeah, no, Absolutely. No, yeah, um, this is listen. It's it's um, we we knew we know what we're getting when we have you as a guest. Um, no, we'll so you can jump in and ask questions, and but we'll tell you the story and ask questions as as we go along. Okay. So it starts. The story starts in Germany, and actually, the story starts in Baltimore, like in 1987 or 1988. There's. Uh, there's a group in Baltimore called Doom, uh, New Marks, and they're like a group of DJs. And they record the very first Girl You Know It's True. They've had a couple minor hits, like locally in Baltimore, um, but they never break out. And somehow their version, the original of Girl You Know It's True, makes its way overseas to Frankfurt, Germany, where um, this producer, what was his name, Chip Frank? Frank Farian. Frank Farian. He is, he's a failed musician. He is, he's a white dude. He's like a white German dude. And he wants to sing black music. And he keeps, he's recording like Otis Redding songs. And he's getting completely ignored. So um, then he tries his hand at producing, and uh, he ends up with a copy of Girl You Know It's True and decides he's going to remake this song and release it in Germany and not credit, you know, like not credit anybody from Baltimore. He was just going to try and pass this. He was going to try and pass it off as like a new original song. So he hires, um, he hires some studio musicians. Um, well, I have their names. 
he hires some studio musicians to recreate the song. And um, it starts to, it doesn't take off in Germany, but it charts in the Netherlands. And people start requesting live performances. They wanna, they wanna see this, they wanna see this group that, that is, um, that singing girl, you know it's true, but he doesn't have, he doesn't have a, a band to show them. The guy, the studio musician that records it is the guy who sings the verses is 45 years old and fat and bald and ugly. And he looks like a 70 year old lounge singer. Like he's just this. Yeah. He, he looks like, like a lounge singer. That's yeah. Just near death. Yeah. And then uh, they have some 28 year old rapper who, who raps his verse and um, they're, they're paid to, to make what they think is a demo for some other artist. And they record the song. It charts in the Netherlands, and they begin they begin getting requests for uh, live performances. So he decides he's going to uh, recruit some models who can dance, and they'll lip sync to the music because he thinks that the the people in the band are far too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I would love this to go to like court and that's his testimony. He's like, they're just far too ugly. <laughs> Exhibit A. Look at these uggos. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just love that the guy that sang Girl, You Know It's True was my age. Yeah. And yeah. Then... Which is which is amazing. And like that would be like some brilliant but like really rough looking old comedian just like writes these brilliant, brilliant jokes. And then some producer gets together and hires like two good looking guys like me and Ken to come out there and be like, these guys are the fresh faces that people want to see. They yeah. can tell jokes. They can dance. The girls are all love them. And then they push us out there. I, I don't really even see anything wrong with this story so far. I actually, I, I, here's the thing. So there's this, I, there's not that much wrong with it yet. So Frank gets this idea to have these models dancers lip sync. And, and he were the model dancers Millie Vanilli? They were Millie yeah. Vanilli. They were okay. they were Rob and Fab. They they were basically borderline homeless musicians at the time. What and, a beautiful story that they found work. Right. They found they found yeah. a They massive, got a gig. I mean, yeah, who's gonna turn that down? So, I wouldn't. So you got to wonder though like why would why would it occur to him to to just hire models and have them be the band and this is what this is what we discovered going through the story that i thought was so wild this german producer uh frank farian has gotten away with this before he's already pulled it off once with a multi-million uh multi-million album selling band who's the other band so there was a band in the 70s they they went for a decade from 76 to 86 by the name of boney m and what it was frank was doing all this music he was trying to make this black music but he was just this schlubby looking german dude that everybody ignored and he uh he spends like a decade 
trying to chart and trying to get famous through music, and he's just completely ignored. So then he he cuts a song called "Baby, Do You Wanna Bump." He thinks that it doesn't sound like anything else he's done, and he doesn't he doesn't think it fits the music he's released. So he comes up with his name Boney M, and uh, he doesn't put anybody's picture on the album cover, and he releases it, and it becomes he's a. He's the one that sang the song. He sings the song, and doesn't credit himself. Just writes Boney M, and there's no picture, so nobody knows what the artist looks like. This song charts and begins making some noise in Europe. And again, he's getting requests to see the band live. So then he figures he's got to put together sort of like a fake band. So he... That was his actual song, right? It was his actual song, and he's trying to figure out how not to take credit for it. He thinks that if people see... Right. He thinks that if people sees his face attached to this song, they're not going to they're not going to buy it. But that's not anything really illegal because it is his own music, the Boney song whatever. Right. No, he's thing is wrong. He's not he's not breaking he's not breaking any laws and I don't think it was anything that had been done before. I don't think there was like a precedent trailblazer. of Right. Right. He, he was a trailblazer in in hoaxes. So <laughs> he um, he puts together this band, Boney M, and it's sort of like the blueprint for Millie Vanilli. So he, he gets these girl singers and they sing their own parts in the studio. Um, he okay. sings he sings his part, but he hires a um, he hires a model and dancer to mime his so he's singing like all the falsetto and then they they trot some black dude out there and he's just lip syncing to everything that frank does in the studio and the girls are lip syncing to their own their own vocal tracks so the girls at least were they were lip syncing but they were lip syncing to their own music um the front man, this guy named Bobby Farron, who was known as the reason to go see Boney M because he was such a good dancer and he was so dynamic. He was he was like the draw. He's he's never he in, in six albums he records one spoken word introduction to a song, and he's not on any album and he's not credited on any album. They get around the credits by just saying performance by Boney M. So nobody's asking too many questions. They go on to have like a 10-year-long career, and they sell tens of millions of records. 80 million records they sell uh, with this, guys. 80 million. It's an, and I've never heard of them. And they I've were, never heard of them either. Yeah. I couldn't get, I couldn't. Like, were they big here or just overseas? That's what I couldn't, I, I don't know if they were big here. I feel like they probably weren't or we'd have heard of them. Yeah, I I was looking at their hits and I don't think it was anything that I recognized from any 
oldies or anything like that. Okay. So he's already gotten away with this. So he figures, oh, we'll just do the same thing with, with girl, you know, it's true. And I don't think he was thinking that they were going to send ten, that they were going to sell tens of millions of albums. Yeah. Um, so, so girl, so they release girl, you know, it's true. And it starts taking off in Germany and then it starts taking off in Europe. And they thought that they were going, they, again, they thought it was just going to be like something local, but then it starts spreading. Like it starts hitting in France and, uh, now is when the first sign of trouble begins. So the, the guy who rapped on the album in the studio was a 28-year-old rapper named Charles Shaw. And he starts threatening. He thought they paid him $6,000 to, to do this uh, demo. And they didn't tell him that it was going to be released. And they, he certainly didn't think that he was going to be part of like a European smash hit. And yeah. now, and now he's angry, and it's not he clear. He got a Comedy Central deal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Look, we didn't know this was going to blow up, so we offered you ten dollars. Right. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. So he, so it's unsure. Like they don't know if he wants money or if he just wants credit, but they kind of dismiss him, and. Uh, they fire him and they bring in a new rapper to, to start rapping all the parts. Um, at this point, they uh, Frank discovers Robin Fab, and he plays them the instrumental track only of Girl, You Know It's True and says, this is the song that we have in mind for you. And they're under the impression because he pay, because he only played them the instrumental track, they're under the impression that they're going to get to sing the song. They have no idea that the song has already been cut and is completely finished. So he's he's like, you guys are good with this, right? And they're like, yeah, we can sing this, we can do this. And they think they're going into the studio, and then he's like, no, we're going on tour like tomorrow. You got you to gotta learn this, got to do this. We don't have time for that, but I'm going to make you a millionaire. Don't worry. It'll be okay. And just sort of gets them to sign and just sends them out on the road. Well, you said they were almost homeless. So at that point, you're right. like, this is better than sucking dicks for money. So I, I mean, would do it. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't do it? They, they were one of They said one of them was living in his car. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, who who wouldn't do it? So he's he gets them to sign a contract. They're given each a four thousand dollar advance, which they promptly spend on uh, bike bicycle shorts. Yep. <laughs> why did they why did they buy bicycle shorts? They were they were doing like they were getting their image ready. So they 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 bought like a bunch of spandex and they got the hair extensions that they're famous for. Oh, I thought that was their real hair. No, they, no, yeah, they don't. It's not not their real voices, not their real hair. I mean, it's not wow. real much of anything. But like, they had a style that was definitely very late eighties. Like it was like zoot, zoot suit on top and and uh, and the bicycle shorts on the bottom with like boots. 
So it was just very. It looked like they would they could topple over at any time. It was like you know, like the big you know, working working girl uh, shoulder pad jacket with like bicycle shorts on the bottom, and then Doc Martens or whatever. I still remember. I was in. This is right around the time I was in sixth grade. And I decided I was going to wear bike shorts to school one day because that's what all the <laughs> cool people were doing. I remember getting off the bus, getting so off hilarious. the bus, and just not even like ridicule, but just looks of horror from people. I'm, I'm, like, oh, I'm I surprised you didn't one. get them getting I, on the bus. I am neither Millie nor Vanilli, apparently. I cannot pull this off. I am 12. <laughs> I don't see these bike shorts. I think you're lying to me. No. Oh, well, there's a there's a tank top. There we go. They definitely, I mean, they're in the videos, like in jackets and bike shorts. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Here's a picture of them, just the jackets. I don't see the bottom of them. That's hilarious. Right. So, this, about here, this one, where he looks almost like a pirate. <laughs> yeah. You might that, think that's it. today like this, you would get canceled for so many things. <laughs> yeah, they had some looks. There were some hats, there were some accessories that these guys rocked that. I don't, they don't they, like at one point Rob was wearing this hat in the documentary that we watched was wearing this hat that didn't even look like a hat it looked like another piece of another type of clothing that he fashioned into a hat and he, and he wore it like throughout many different uh, places really really odd so they signed this contract thinking that they were signing a contract for this one song and that they were just going to be performing it locally, you know, through through Europe. And um, Rob, one of them is, I think Rob was French, right? And, and Fab I think, was... Yeah, I think maybe Fab. Fab is French, yeah. Fab is French, Rob's German, and they're in Germany, and one of them doesn't even speak German and signs a mm-hmm. contract like this big in German. And, you know, they're they're told that it's just for the one song. They, they don't read it. One of them can't even read it. And they sign, not knowing that they just signed a three-album deal. and that For $4,000? Yes. Mm-hmm. All of that was for $4,000? Well, they, they still, they end up, they're, they're given a stipend. You know, they're, they're taken care of. They, they go, okay. they go, the, 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 the song takes off quick, like yeah. wildfire. And, um, but they also signed that they were responsible for all of the live promotion, meaning that they had to show up and lip sync all these concerts. Um, I, they, Frank got away with it for 10 years with Boney M. So I'm guessing he didn't even see that there would be any problem with this. Yeah. Right. He, he made, he made a record company a lot of money over a decade. So when he comes out with his new band, people aren't even asking questions. They, um, so they sign not knowing that they've now just signed away a, a three-album deal. And uh, when, when Rob realizes what happened, he, like, immediately, when once everything's signed and then they... Like Chip said, they get to the studio ready to work, and they're told, "Oh no, we're we're going on tour. Everything's already been done. You just have to lip sync." And when we come back for the next album, is is when you'll, you know, that that's when you'll have more input. 
And, and, and I think that's a big part of the misconception and the big joke and what they're notorious for is that these guys are frauds. They lip sank. They never they never really sang. They never did any of this. But they were duped almost as much as we, the public, were because they were like, no, 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 you're going to sing. But just the next one you're going to sing on. Just the train's already moving. You got to get on. Let's do this. And then we'll we'll make it good later. So they're, they're getting strung along thinking, OK, we're singing the next one. And so they just figure, OK, we'll just you know, pay the piper now and then do it. And then, you know, they're never actually going to sing on any of these. Right. And, and how did they get caught? Did they tell on themselves? Well, sort we'll, of. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So, um, they immediately realize, like once Rob realizes what they've signed, he, he, they, they go to them and say, wait, no, we don't, we don't want any part of this. You know, we we thought that you were doing this to to make us musicians, and uh, they're told, "Well, you've already signed, and the only way out is if you repay the advance." So they each had to repay four thousand bucks, which they'd already spent on bicycle shorts and uh, yeah. Counting Crow extensions, and um. And, and oddly enough, bicycle shorts, not something you can generally return to get store credit for. No. <laughs> they, they frown upon that. I can see why. Yeah. So they, um, they, they, uh, fuck, Chip, jump in. So, so yeah, so, so basically it starts, it goes across to the U.S. and it starts getting big in the U.S. So, so they start hearing this and then that's when, so their first album is released, which is All or Nothing. That was their de- debut album in November of 88, and that was in Europe. That, so that com- was their European That album. comes out in Europe with Frank writing eight of the ten songs he wrote or co-wrote. So now Frank is getting all of the royalty, you know, a-, a good chunk of the royalties for the songwriting. Plus he's getting all the royalties from the radio play. Plus, as their manager, he's taking 60% of everything right off the top. And 60% is a huge chunk. Yeah. Right. I don't know what you know about Germans, Adrian, but not always. They seem like nice people. <laughs> I don't know anything bad about Germans. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't want to spoil that for you. Um. So, yeah, so he's taking 60% plus all of the royalties, plus all of the radio play royalties. So he's doing very well, and he puts them on a living expense. So he's giving them just enough money to get a taste of stardom. And now it becomes, do we want to pay back the four grand and get out of this? Or do we want to do we want to continue living this good life? And it wasn't, you know, it was big in Europe. It wasn't big anywhere else. Um, so they agree they'll, they're going to go along with it for just a little while longer and and see where it ends up. Um, the album does so good in Europe that it catches Arista Records' attention. And uh, was it Arista or Atlantic? I think Arista, and that was when uh, Clive Davis got involved, right? Oh, right, yeah. Clive Davis was with Arista then. So Clive Davis, the yeah. guy that discovered Whitney Houston and, and like 20 other 
of the biggest musicians you ever heard of. He he sees the video and immediately sees there's something there. And Arista agrees instead of instead of buying the album from Frank and having to give him all that money, they just they just sign them to an American deal, which is enormous. Now we're only a month. It's been a month since the time that uh, that Frank signed that Frank signs Millie Vanilli, and wow. they really so it's a, it, it's a juggernaut. They've got um, two or three smash singles in Europe, a hit album, and an American record contract. In a, like they went from that, they went from borderline homeless to that in one month. That's crazy. Yeah. So then it comes over to me. They make a proper video. It's gotten so much attention. They make a proper video for Girl You Know It's True. That's the one that you know from MTV. Mm -hmm. And they become literally an overnight success in America. Their first single... I think Girl, You Know It's True hit like number two, and then their mm-hmm. second single goes to number one, which in America, that's fucking bonkers that, that you're... And, and, and their American album, it was repackaged with a couple of the tracks, including Blame It on the Rain. It, it was basically all or nothing, their, their debut, but it, they retitled it Girl, You Know It's True and kind of mixed the tracks around, added some tracks, and... And, and this is how big they are because we think it's like, oh, they were one hit wonder, or maybe two hits, and then that would flash in the pan, and then they were just these jokes. But they had that album in the U.S. had five singles that made the top five. So five singles on that album made the top five. It went six times platinum, and it spent 41 weeks in the top ten. So I mean, it just sold and went went just multi platinum, just went went crazy. It was everywhere. The other, the other three songs that are popular, do you know them? It's I, uh, gr- girl, you know. It's true. Uh, blame it on the rain. It's, is it? Don't, don't forget my number. Don't forget my number, which I don't remember. Yeah, I re- I do remember that one a little bit. Yeah, um, and then one. "Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You" was the other one, I think. Yes, "Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You." Yeah, like somebody. I don't um, remember that. Didn't like, uh, like Diane Warwick wrote one of them. Like she was a, she was a huge songwriter. Like they 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 were they went from. I'm gonna play the song for you. Oh, forget it. Sorry. Um, they sell 7 million albums in the U.S. They sell, I think they like 13 or 14 million worldwide. Mm -hmm. And now they're, they're performing to thousands and thousands of people every night, but they're, they're trapped because they're, it's it's not their music, it's not their voices, and they are now stuck in this juggernaut that I can't imagine anybody thought would would get this big. Um, right. 
the way I remembered the story from the 90s was they went on that Club MTV show to to do yeah. Girl, You Know It's True, and that's when the CD started skipping. Do you remember that, Adrian? No, I just remember everyone talking about how they were faking it. I wanted to die. It stopped. Girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl. Right. I don't remember that. Uh, I, I figured it was something like that. That's how they got caught. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner, though. Technology always fucks up. Yes. Right. And and another thing that also got them too was so so they did they had this MTV recording where the it it skipped. They said the audience didn't actually right away like even care or realize what happened, but they ran off stage. Downtown Julie Brown apparently grabbed them, like convinced them, screamed a curse at them. It was like you have to go back, you have to go back. They went back and did the rest of the show and it seemed fine. Uh but you know, they're just scared, scared to death at this point. And but one of the their other downfalls that didn't really happen with Boney M back in the 70s was, you know, Boney, you, you look at the guy, you look at it, it made sense. Um, they started doing all these interviews and the interviews was a big part of their downfall. <laughs> they could barely speak. <laughs> yeah. They, they, you know the song, girl, you know it's true. You know, blame it on the rain with basically perfect American accents to a certain extent. They're rapping and then you have this guy with a hardcore german accent and this guy with a hardcore french accent speaking in very broken english and they're like wait a minute this you can barely speak the language you have these crazy accents that you can't hear on right. the record at all so they're like wait a minute like that's when the heads start turning and they're like this doesn't this doesn't make sense this doesn't add up do uh, do interviews knowing that they they didn't have they they were obligated they were signed to do all promotion, so they, uh, they no, and I guess Arista didn't know that they weren't actually singing. I don't think like, Arista. I don't think they cared. I I yeah. think he 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 had to he met them. Uh, I I watched I watched an interview with uh, Fab where he he discussed a meeting with Clive Davis. There's no way Clive Davis discovered Whitney Houston. And then heard this guy who sounded like he was a villain on Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> He's like, we know who you are. We have seen what you've done. Um, <laughs> there's no way Clive Davis heard them and then heard the song and was like, oh, that's probably them. But they were right, making... Why wouldn't he want to keep it going? Like he's the one that's making the deals, right? So he could say they don't do any interviews. It's just weird that he, they kind of ratted themselves out. Yeah. Well, they were, they yeah. were, they were, they, they got left to, to twist in the wind, but they also by all accounts became enormous pains in the ass. Like they started believing their own hype. They started thinking they were really doing this. Um, I would think that's, Probably like if you're doing that and people are telling you how great you are and girls are throwing themselves at you, you would probably start to think that you're great. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I feel bad for these guys now. I, I did too, actually. Absolutely. I, I, I went into it thinking that they were part of this hoax mm -hmm. that, that got perpetrated on people, but they, they were really kind of sucked into it and they in a million years never could have seen where this was going. Well, I mean, you said the one guy was sleeping in his car and then they're signing a contract this thick and they don't speak mm. the language. So you're like, yeah, what do you have no idea what you're signing away? Right. Yeah, they were kids. They were like 20 or 21. I They said 
the worst lawyer on the planet could have read that contract and gotten them out of it in two seconds. But they didn't even know enough to hire That's a lawyer. Yeah. 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 They probably couldn't afford a lawyer either. No. Not exactly. not they spent everything. In your car. Sleeping in your car, dreaming about sweet bike shorts. Yeah. Are there even any great lawyer uh Jewish lawyers in Germany anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Germany got rid of all their good lawyers a while ago. Be a couple. <laughs> I, would, I mean, yeah, I feel bad for these guys, to be honest, because then the rest of their lives, they kind of just were a joke. Right. Yeah. And, and that started happening. They were sort of a joke even before to it totally got blown up because In Living Color started making fun of them. Arsenio really hit them hard. We, you know, with all that, at the height of his powers. So they're making, because they're kind of a lightning rod. They're these two foreign guys. They have a very distinct look. It's, and all of a sudden they're huge. So people just start kind of going after them. Right. And then it just sorts snowballing because it's like the jokes and the whispers. And then these other weird rumors are like, these people don't sound like this. And then people are, are starting to realize that it's, it's not adding up. And then they actually had, so uh, th the way it was worded on the albums, like who was, credited to what was like worded really interestingly in the european ones but in the uh, american ones that was like the first one where they actually credited fab and rob for the vocals so they actually are sort of committing fraud there because they didn't mm -hmm. come right out and say that they they did that so this guy in december of 89 this guy charles shaw who was he was the rapper right he was the, the rapper that did the, the original rapper. that's the guy from baltimore Right. No, 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 no. He was yeah. he was the studio musician. He's the, the studio, studio musician rapper, yeah. that that did uh, that um they were lip syncing the rap to. He's okay. the he's and the one that started to make trouble in the very beginning and then they just got rid of him. Yeah, and then he came out and was like, "Look, there that's me. That's me on the record." And then Frank Farian actually paid him $150,000 to recant what he said and to take it back which he like sort of half-heartedly did. But like by that point, people were like, yeah. the lid's kind of off. Right, point. yeah, it was like it's trying to plug after. up a dam at this point that was that was springing yeah. leaks. There's a, there's a hilarious clip of them on Soul Train. Welcome. How you doing? Nice to see you. Pleasure. You are Robin, huh? Yeah. How are you? I'm Fab. Okay. Teddy. Bruce. I'm DuPont. Now, I understand that uh, you're from Germany and France, sort of, right? Yeah, he's from France and I'm from Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, what caused you to uh, get into this rap so heavy? Heavily, we, rather. We really liked hip hop and rap. We really looked to the States, especially to New York and LA. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we tried to learn. And like this, we got our thing together. So you recorded the album uh, in beginning in Germany, right? Yeah, we recorded in Munich and Frankfurt mm -hmm. because there's our studio. So Rob, how come you do all the talking? Can can Fad? No, Fad, you speak English, right? Yeah, I can too. Who are your favorite? Who are your favorite? <laughs> Where Don oh Cornelius? I still love Soul Train. I watch it every Saturday at my mom. You have to watch this clip. Don Cornelius is interviewing them after uh, after a performance, and you could tell he just flat out thinks they're full of shit. He's asking questions, and only one of them's answering. And then he was like, "You guys don't sound anything like this. And why are you only letting 
him speak? Like, why? How come you can sing but you can't answer a simple question? Yeah, he was not. You didn't even do that today. People would just tear you apart for even recognizing that. For even what? Like, if you were accusing somebody of doing something, they'd be like, "They don't have to speak if they don't want to." (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Absolutely, they don't have. They identify as mimes. Well, it. It's amazing how much, um, how acceptable lip syncing has become now. Like, like if imagine Millie Vanilli in the age of TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah, they'd be fine. They'd just be another artist. They should just go on TikTok and lip sync their old songs. Well, it's it's hard now because um, so they they're now the album. Oh, now they get nominated for best new artist at the Grammys. And everyone starts shitting themselves. What if they actually win? Because then you got to go up and give the speech. And the music is so critically hated that everyone figures there's no chance that they're actually going to win Best New Artist. And they end up like the fans love them, but they don't get a single good review in their lives. You know, it's just shitty. it's true it's pretty good i mean the rain song was dumb yeah um they win the hardest for best new grammy they get up if you watch the acceptance speech it's the shortest acceptance speech in the history of award shows and and it's so deflecting too they're like this is for all the artists out here thank you all the artists deserve this anybody could win this and they just literally run off stage uh we want to say thank you very much but we want to say There are a lot of artists here in this room. There are a lot of artists outside in the world who can achieve the same award that we achieved today. And it's an award for all artists in the world. Thank you very much. Thank you. Without without Fab even saying anything. Not saying that they stole it. That's very smart. Yeah. 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 I got to imagine that they never thought they would win, but whoever instructed them to not say anything was, was had the right idea. So they, they win the Grammy. Now, now there's talks of the second follow-up album. They've, they've signed a, a three album deal and now there, it becomes a power struggle between Frank and Robin Fab. Robin Fab want more artistic input. Frank even lets them in the studio to see what they have and they sing for him and he realizes that it's garbage and, and they're they're going to be exposed in two seconds if he lets them sing. So he says no deal and they they do another song and they're getting ready to shoot the video for the lead single off the second album. Robin Fab, as a power play, don't show up to the video shoot. Because they're like, this will force his hand. This is going to force him to deal with us. And they've hired, uh, they've hired like managers or something. They've they've hired new management yeah. companies to to battle with Frank, and they're they're arguing behind the scenes. And then Frank goes, "Fuck it, I don't need this headache," and flies to America and gives a press conference that the whole thing was a hoax. So they completely tell on themselves. Yeah, he fi- he fires them and is just like they they they've been faking it the whole time and like without their knowledge like they're they're caught unaware uh, of 
they didn't they didn't realize this was happening he said i think fab was like literally going for a jog and his like man his the manager came running out and grabbed him and stopped and was like we got trouble and then they then overnight just the floodgates open i'm trying to see what their net worth was i know this is never true wow it only says two hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah, they it, it, you got the impression they they weren't they they were given just enough to to keep them hungry yeah. and and wanting to yeah. they they were caught in a trap of well we just need to we need to make enough money to be able to walk away but the only way they could make money was performing live because they weren't credited to a single thing on the album. They could have sold a hundred million albums, and they wouldn't have made fifty cents off of it. Oh, so they only made money off the appearances. Yep. Right. So they oh, keep going out there. So and... now, now they become national punchlines. Um, they they start descending into like drugs and alcohol. Um, Rob attempts. See, this was another thing. I thought that Rob committed suicide. Because yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I thought so too. And he only attempted it. He attempts it by he's hanging off a balcony from a hotel in L.A. and threatening to let go. And and somehow the police are able to get up there and and pull him off. It's sad that he couldn't even do that. <laughs> They got somebody else to do it, so it's all right. Um, <laughs> they, they they paid they paid a studio musician to. I wonder if the two of them are friends now, because it's like you almost go through something, something like that is like life changing, right? Whether it's negative or positive. So I want, and if you're with somebody, I wonder if you keep in contact with them and, and like if they're still in each other's lives. Did well, one of them die? Yeah. So I here's, th- here's the bad news. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Between this and and what really happened in Germany, this is gonna be a bad day for Adrian. Yeah, um, I know. you're yeah. learning a lot what today. in Germany? <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was a whole big mix up. Um. So yeah. So Rob ends up. Uh, I think thirty two years old. Uh, accidentally overdoses and dies. Yeah. Yeah. Something like like that. in his sleep. Thirties. Yeah. Alcohol and nice prescription pills to go out for him because I, I would imagine you're tortured the rest of your life. Like and it's it, such a distinct yeah. look. Absolutely, and he was too, because like he turned, he 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 was into drugs. He was he was getting into crime. He like got arrested a bunch of times for like assault and robberies. Like I mean, he was, and you could just tell they were angry and bitter, which you know, I, understandably, right? And just yeah. they were just so mad, and everything was coming at him, and everything was crashing down. And they tried to make these comebacks, and it just it just ne- they, never seemed they, to work. This for them. is what I thought was so they go for, so their first album sells fourteen million copies worldwide. Then the whole thing blows up. They're exposed. They become punchlines. Their then, Grammy is actually revoked. Their, so they, gr- they, they, their Grammy is revoked and locked in a vault and still in that vault to this day, which so seems could, so petty. You could get another. You could just make another one. But mm-hmm. also, like, why'd they hand them back? I would have been like... Yeah, it's mine. Like, what do you? What's what's the recording industry like? The they're gonna show up at your house and yeah, don't blame me. Physically, (laughs) so what's the other guy doing now? Well, so they um they recorded an album together as Robin Fab, thinking that there would at least be enough curiosity, but there is no label willing to give them a record deal. 
they find a very small, poor, independent label in the Midwest that was on its last legs, and they only have enough money to make 2,000 copies of the album. They sell all 2,000. They don't have enough money to ship them into record stores. So their first album sells 14 million worldwide. Their second album sells 2,000 worldwide. Well, and then what is the main difference there? Germany versus the United States. That was was the point that we were trying to make with this. I see that. It's a sad story, man, especially... You know, that's kind of how Ashley Simpson's career ended. Remember, she went on SNL and she was lip syncing and everyone. You, after that, you never heard from her. Right. Yeah, she's gone. But it's it's weird. It's like we accept it until it's exposed and then everybody acts horrified. Like yeah. Ar- Arista Records came out afterwards. They came out with, because of all the class action suits, they announced a deal where if you... If you had bought a Milli Vanilli album or merchandise or concert ticket, they they would refund you up to a certain point. Like you had to use it. Like if you bought, if you saw them in concert, and you still had your stub, you can turn it in and get like ten dollars off your next concert. Because people were that upset, which I know. But it's like if you bought that album, you still liked that music. Do you know what I mean? Like I right, exactly. Yeah, it's. It's it, you're still getting the, the I mean, I understand the image, but it's yeah, you're getting the product and it's it's uh, you know, it's it's like it's like finding out that like your parents were Santa Claus. Like it's like you still got the presents and the joy of Christmas. Or Let's even just... if I've ordered stuff off of Facebook and then you get it and you're like, this is garbage. I got hooked into some stuff like that from Facebook and you're like, this is not what was advertised. And you just take it as a loss. Yeah, right. Buyer yeah. beware. Yeah. You don't that they they showed people were so angry somebody like collected all like hundreds of their albums and rented a bulldozer and drove over them because he was that angry like he rented a bulldozer and then had the news come down to shoot him driving over Millie Vanilli cassettes and CDs that he bought I think he 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 got a big collect. I think people were returning them, you know, in mass, and that's what I don't get. It's like people were burning their Nikes, and you're like, those are your sneakers that you're burning. <laughs> you, yeah, there. yes, and you yeah, already you already bought yeah. them. They already got the money. Yeah, it does. What I are you love, doing besides ruining your own stuff? I would love for somebody to buy two thousand of my CDs and run them over. Yeah, and trash That'd be great. Them. I, <laughs> I've said to my manager, I hope somebody buys my pilot and throws it in the garbage before I leave the office. I don't even care. <laughs> that would be just care. give me the money for it. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to get out of here soon. That's okay. Yeah, before. I saw the time. Um, you can you can sign off whenever. Well, do you have do you have any questions? Um, no, because I didn't know any of this stuff. I just thought that they were in in on it from the beginning and they were just trying to deceive everyone. Now I actually feel bad for them. Well, it sort of has a happy ending. Well, bad for one. Right, yeah. It has a happy yep. ending for Fabio because he doesn't, he never gives up his his musical dreams. So he, he releases a couple albums and now he tours with one of the original studio musicians 
who not not the not Charles Shaw, not the rapper that that got fired after the first song, but the rapper that replaced him. Mm-hmm. Um, he now tours with him, so you've got the, the the and they sing everything live, and they call it the Milli Vanilli Experience. And um, I'm surprised they're not they're not singing Milli Vanilli songs, though, right? They're singing Milli Vanilli songs, but this I'm guy's now like singing them live. Well, because even because even so, because uh, uh, I think Frank Farian even set some of that up right like he got involved again didn't he yes yeah he it's weird he 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 blew everything up for them but then came through for them after everything fell apart like kind of helped them out kind of like hitler just just almost exactly like almost exactly like hitler full circle comes out of the bunker and is like guys my bad my sorry my bad like i'm gonna buy you guys all lunch and we'll call it even (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> which ironically they could have done from the very beginning. He could have been like, it could have started with him. Like, listen, I'll buy you lunch, and then you guys just do this. Well, thank you for having me. I learned a lot about Millie Vanilli that I never knew. You probably never wanted to know. No, I mean, I always thought they were in on it and that they were pieces of shit. Now I feel that's bad that's what I thought, and then I came away from. I mean, I still think the music is horrendous, but I, I came away from it. Well, you know it's true. It's still pretty good. Yeah. Blame it on the rain is terrible. I don't. I couldn't. I don't know the other ones. Yeah. I don't know. If I was them, I would. And somebody came to me with that opportunity, I would still do that, knowing how it turned out. I. That's. Yeah. I. I almost. Yeah. Why like, not? Make some money. Like make it. Make it good for yourself, and then you know, go for and it. And here for for a year. It's on the road and stuff. They were living it. They had a great year. They they lived a year like like if you think three number one singles in one year, uh, the Rolling Stones have never had a number one single. Like David Bowie's only yeah. had two. Bruce Springsteen's mm-hmm. never had one. They had three in a twelve month period. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have anything to do with them, but it's still. All right, I gotta go. All right, another. Well, thank you so much, Adrian. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and Adrian, would you would you mind if we had somebody uh, overdub all of uh, your parts from this uh, podcast? I would be honored. We may have somebody re-record them if that if that's okay. I would be honored. (laughs) All right, thanks. We'll we'll still put you. We'll put you on a stipend though, so it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Adrian, for for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hope see you guys soon. All right, thanks, Adrian. Bye. Bye. So, all right. Do we have anything that? Um, yeah. So I, I, th- I think it was, um, you know, I, I I think there was like the dueling things after you know after it all blew up. Then Rob and Fab they try to you know they they only sell the two thousand copies. They try to do that, but then at the same time, Farian he puts together literally calls them the real Milli Vanilli, like yep. the real Ghostbusters. And has the store the studio musicians create another album because he's like, look, it's this is a this is a machine here. These are the people who did the first album that sold, you know, millions of copies. Let's try to do this again. But I think it's even shady. He even hires another, basically a model. He this guy hires, Ray Horton. Yes. It's like, what are you doing, dude? You're already doing this. And this guy Ray Horton, who was like, he looked like a cross between Millie and Vanilli. Yeah, and he. They get him and like doesn't he don't barely 
sings on it at all. But then they realize that after they record everything that he's like, I guess we better go back and let this guy Ray Horton because I don't want to get caught again. Like this guy is so arrogant. Frank Farian so arrogant that he's like, oh, I think this will work again. But then goes back and tries to do that. And then um, there's even another group that's like another offshoot of them called Try and Be. And they record another album that's sort of like under this. Well, no, I think, I think what that was, I think that was the real Millie Vanilli and they changed the name for America. To, okay. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, so they, yeah. Okay. They switched the names. Okay. So yeah. when they, they tried the real Millie Vanilli, nobody was buying it. So then they changed the name. That's right. And then they, in that second album, that try and be, they even did a cover of Dr. Hook's Sexy Eyes. Do you, do you know Dr. Hook? Yes. My parents liked them from back in the 70s. Was that like Dr. Hook in the medicine show or something? Yes. Yeah. And I know very. I I know his son. Do you really? Yes. We can get his his son as a podcast that I've done. Is that right? My my parents loved them or that band or him or whatever it is. And full of crazy stories with that uh, with that group that that could be interesting but they had some really like kind of like novelty hits but mm-hmm. then like real hits and i mean just that's a bizarre group but yeah so they covered that oh one of the other things i think we should they i guess millie vanilli sort of cashed in on some of the joking like they did that carefree gum commercial that right where they basically were mocked them but they were they were lip syncing so. opera in that commercial i remember that commercial well like i forget it, it was like gone from my consciousness but then when i was watching that on youtube and they played it i was like oh my god that commercial was yeah. everywhere for months yeah and and i, I you know and, and then of course they were at, so that's when Farian agreed to produce them, like brought them back, the two of them, rather than the real right. Millie Vanilli. He, he was like, he was good, and he had them on, on vocals, but like Rob is going through, you know, like drugs and all, all the crime stuff. And like right before the promotional tour on April is, 2nd, 98, is when Rob overdoses, you know, to sleep. So, uh, uh, you know, so then everything, you know, put the kibosh on the rest of, rest of that project. Yeah. You know, it was funny when I when I was watching this, I watched a um, they had I watched like a 90 minute interview with uh, Fab from not that long yeah. ago. But there was something about the way it was recorded where um, or maybe it was just my TV where it was just like a split second behind. So <laughs> it looked it looked like he was lip syncing this entire interview like badly. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, I was yeah. I was like, I. I can't imagine that was done on purpose or like maybe it was just. That is hilarious. I think the thing that we have to remember, bottom line, is that Millie Vanilli wasn't a band. They were an idea. And I like the idea. You know, they, you know, they, they. They came out. It's like sure you have the face guys, sure you have the you know the background guys. It, it's almost to a certain extent. It's almost like look at Pet Sounds. We love Pet Sounds. It's, that's not the Beach Boys. I was. It's so funny that you say that because that's what I was thinking as I was watching this. I was like, well, I guess the thing is though that the Beach Boys didn't try and hide it. You know, like you knew when when you'd see them on tour that you weren't seeing Brian Wilson and right, the, right. the studio musicians credited in Pet Sounds weren't the Beach Boys. So right. they yeah. did it. They were just out in the open about it. 
Right, exactly. Maybe if there was some honesty about it, they, they could have gone about it. They're like, yeah, okay, these guys are fun, and like, let them be the hype men for it, and that's fine. I, I, although I will say, like, the music that I like, I definitely have a brand of guy that I like, and it's pretty schlubby and ugly looking. Like, because I, I know I'm getting the real McCoy then. I'm getting the real thing. Like, right. some of my favorite, like, I was looking at my favorite bands. It's like Built to Spill, The Hold Steady, LCD Sound System, The Pixies. Like, they look as schlubby as I do, and I can trust that it's actually them putting right. the work in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like nobody's, like, Doug Marsh from Built to Spill is not the pretty boy front man who's, who's lip syncing. Like, the only reason they're putting him up there is that he's a virtuoso. Yeah. Um... Are you wearing a? Are you wearing bike shorts right now? I can't see you from the waist down. I am. Ken. I am. I'm wearing bike shorts, and I've got a banana stuffed in there. That's great. That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> All right, I have to. Uh, I got to go pick up my kid. Do we have? Do we have anything else? I think we did it. I think we covered Millie Vanilli and gave them credit. I think. And again, I think the two takeaways were like they were a much bigger phenomenon than I even remembered. Yes, I remember them and, being and, big, and you know their videos were everywhere, but. Fuck. Yeah, they were on the show Sister Kate. I remember that on NBC. It was like some sitcom, and Millie Vanilli's going to be on Sister Kate this weekend, and like that was a big deal. And you know, so they were a big deal. And then I think the other takeaway is like it's it wasn't exactly their fault. They were duped, kind of like we were to a certain extent, and strung along. Yeah, yeah. It was. I I did feel bad for them. They they were cogs that got caught up in this machine, and they were definitely deceived about it. Now it doesn't sound like they handled it. Well, you know, they, they turned into giant divas and 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 pains in the ass and started believing and their you own could hype. Tell they were angry too, absolutely. And like, I think that's a thing too. Like, when your back's against the wall and you know you're a fraud, you are going to you're going to lash out and be defensive. Like, even that thing where they were like had these like delusions of grandeur, like, and and they said it was because it was a, a language barrier thing. But like, basically, like Rob was like we're better than Bob Dylan and Mick Jagger and, and, (laughs) and, you know, all this stuff. And they said, well, it was, he, it wasn't really worded that way, but I, you know, you're, you're these scared kids and you're in this crossfire and you know, you're wrong. It's like, you kind of have to lash out. And then of course you're surrounded by all these yes men. Yeah. So you're, you're just in this little, you have to, yeah. It's almost like being in witness protection. Like they just, they were just looking over their shoulders. Like is today the day is is today when, when it all comes crashing down. Like, I'm just – ever since we started this podcast, like, I'm worried that I'm in some sort of weird situation with you and Kahuna and, and Ming. Like, like <laughs> have you guys duped me somehow? Like, am I going to find out that this is something that it's not? I, I, I worry about that. I, I wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking, what have I done? What have I signed? Like, this could, this could go south very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You're and, of course, we are – and, of course, we're on that trajectory. We are a juggernaut. We've been doing this for just over a month, and, you know – what millions millions of downloads so far yeah millions so i'm just i'm looking over my shoulder for i love rock and roll all at all times (laughs) you just got me for my pretty face i think that's what it is and and i so you know so you you second guess that a lot (laughs) all right um i think uh i the 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 bony m shit blew me away that this dude pulled it off twice he That's almost. It I think it was, it was. It was probably easier back then. I would assume. It's like you just don't have that. Even in the '90s, like you don't have that. In back in the '70s, you don't have that same. You know, the internet. Not that the internet was. You know, 1990 was a real thing, but like 
you know, just you don't have that. There, there was a, a gap between the audience and the and the artists that I think you could you could pull a lot of that shit. Yeah. And uh, and they could get away with it. But I mean, he got away with it for a decade with those guys. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. They were actually more successful. That's that's yeah blows my mind. Like Millie Vanilli wasn't the most. Although I guess in Amer- you know, maybe. It, it, in America, and I think like in the short amount of time they sold, like yeah. ONEM did it over the course of a decade. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. Well, we will. Uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thanks everybody, Thanks everybody for, for listening. Make sure you go to uh, Rock and Roll Pod at uh, Twitter on on Twitter and uh, and check us out and uh, let us know what you think. Rate and review us on. We're on uh, Apple Music now uh, and Apple Pods, I guess. Apple, iTunes, Apple, yeah. Whatever iTunes and all that. So uh, definitely check us out there and subscribe, right? Subscribe, become a uh, regular listener. Smash that subscribe button. Smash it. <laughs> all right, all right. Thanks, Chip. All right, bye.